Hello and welcome to the Dunamis EQ podcast. My name is Tolu, I'm your host for today, and I have the privilege of being joined by a good friend of mine, Matt. Tolu, thank you for having me, my friend. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor and always a pleasure, always a pleasure. So Matt and I go quite a few years back, I'm not sure exactly how many, um, but we used to train basketball in St Albans on at least a Friday morning, sometimes a Monday, sometimes a Wednesday. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we used to go at like seven in the morning and run around a basketball court like absolute lunatics and shower each other, encourage each other. It was was a very, very good time. and some of the times that I really enjoyed the most were when we actually just got to talk about life, you know, and like, what are you trying to do? What, what are we trying to be? So talk to the talk to the listeners about who you are, what are you doing now, where do you want to go? And just yeah, just talk a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So so just the small small details. Yeah. Nothing nothing major. Um, nothing yeah, major. So, yeah, I'm I'm working on recruitment at the moment. Um, <laughs> I work for Activision at the moment. So you know all the games that people probably know call of duty uh my personal thing is actually probably like spyro and crash I used to really yeah oh my god i used to love those when i was a kid like be obsessed with them like we would and you know it's not i feel like we've got off topic already it's fine but it's that's fine <laughs> back in the day it's not like now but also, like, you, you go online with people and, and you play and obviously you kind mm. of your friends and you toy it was like we would go we would go to school, talk about, like, what levels we'd done that previous day. Yeah. And I would, like, go home from, like, t- you know, four till seven, I was on it. <laughs> seven till ten, I'm back on it. And then the next day, you're like, wow, oh, I really, I hope I've, like, got further than them. You know, that, wow. that like, conversation. Um, So, uh, a good little aside that I hope gave for everyone. But, yes. Yeah, so, so I- you've always been super competitive, then, basically, is what you're saying. Basically, yeah. I <laughs> I honestly don't even know where it comes from because I'm, you know, it's it's normally I I find kind of it's like with people with like siblings, right? There's like yes. competitiveness to to them, and and you know they've had to, you know, they they want to be better at them than this. And yes. The classic one is Michael Jordan, obviously like playing against his older brother. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Igniting that, that fire, but yeah, honestly, always I I, I don't even you know maybe. Um, you know, a need to prove myself, you know, I think, I think that was okay. that uh, probably for a, for a long time, you know, and kind of like, oh, I've got to do better than this, or I've got to do better than this. And, mm. um, but yeah, I've always, I've always, you know, re- enjoyed competition for, for whatever reason. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. You want me? So, so, so yeah. So, so you're saying about yourself. <laughs> you actually asked me. Yeah. Um, I, so yeah, I've been working in recruitment for about, about five years in a row, but then I've also had okay. it was kind of at the beginning of my career. I did a lot of stuff for Tesco. So okay. I was doing I was working on brand and attraction for graduates at the time. So, you know, we had this graduate program. How do we get grads to want to come to Tesco and how do we explain to them that it's kind of it's not just working in the stores and yes. stuff you can do, right? Um so I would go into schools, go into universities, um, always feel very, very nervous about the thought of public speaking and have <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like I used to uh, like. It's almost like. It's almost worse, I think, when it's like some some kids or younger people. <laughs> yeah, they're brutal, mate. <laughs> That's only because like if you're four, they're just gonna they're just gonna not even like bother paying attention. You know, they're like yeah. getting phones out or whatever. So, um, so it actually did help me kind of like really become a better public speaker. Not that you know I'm no expert, at it, but yeah. So, um. But once I got into it, it was kind of fine, you know, and they oh. asked 
questions and you got them engaged and all that type of stuff. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of the, the relevant stuff of, of the journey to share, I've been posting a lot on LinkedIn, as you and I kind of talked about this before this in, in the off-air. Um, and it was really just, you know, you know me, um, we've known each other for a while, and I said I wanted to do something where I'm kind of, I am mm. right. Like I wrote back mm. in the day, I've had, you know, I used to have a little mini kind of freelance business. I had some clients there. I even had a, uh, a freelance writer working for me at one point. I kind of built it up. Oh, right little bit of a, a very small business admittedly um mm. and um but i've always loved writing uh mm. again for whatever reason i think it's just the the process of like having these thoughts and and then putting it down to paper or on a screen and this you know nowadays and and having people read it resonate with it mm. and be like oh i see myself in that or oh mm. this is really helpful or oh yeah. i haven't thought of it that way so you know i realize now that I have all this recruitment knowledge that I've built up and kind of from an insider's perspective, right? And LinkedIn obviously is a great audience for that. A lot of people on there are looking for jobs, even if uh, even mm. if you know, they're, they're currently in a job, they're still kind of open to it. But particularly now, there's like all these layoffs, like the- uh, Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, the market is really, is really mad at the moment. And like genuinely, I do feel for people who are really trying to get into, whether it's gaming, whether it's any industry, it can so, you know the the opportunity just sort of arose you know within within activision they ran a personal branding workshop which i really was, yeah yeah so that that kind of is what like helped to to prompt this because as as i wow. you know, i was looking for something to yes um, an outlet right yeah exactly yeah and, and then this sort of opportunity just kind of presented itself and at first i was like well to be honest, I don't love the idea of like only talking about like myself. And that's what I thought personal brand. <laughs> like, I know. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, am I a narcissist that I just sort of talk about me all the time? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I Yeah. <laughs> for, and I'm not sure if you'd be um, if I'm being really honest. But mm. you know, the, they did it in such a good way where it was like, no, it's just simply like what you would be known for, right? Like your personal Love brand. it. Love it. What do I want to be known for? That's yes. Really um, and I was like, well, I have all this recruitment knowledge. I was like, I can yes. just share that. Like, basically, yes. you know, who knows? I was like, if I could just help one, a few people, like, you know, improve their CV, like do better in interviews, yes. a role that they really want to get into, get into gaming in particular, obviously people see the Activision thing and, and, and ask you mm. about game. Um, but honestly, it's, it's really the same for getting into any. It's very applicable because even I was looking through some stuff and I was like, I could actually do that and it would make a difference. Or like when I look at CVs, I'm like, this is why I don't like that. Yeah. So it, it, I'm like, right, yeah. this is exactly it. So you're right. So that's great feedback from someone, again, who is an actual, you know, a hiring manager, right? Who does, yes. does hire people. So yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's some of the most valuable feedback I've gotten as well is that people like you, hiring managers, have said to me, this is actually really useful. It's kind of an. <laughs> why i'm looking at the cv and what is this i would love to send people who have applied to our jobs to your your post and be like look here this is what i can tell you <laughs> man i'll be flattered I'll be, I'll be flattered i'll take it um but yeah honestly that and, and and yeah the feedback has um you know been extraordinary honestly like i didn't you know obviously mm. i took off a little bit and i got you know the, the kind of the, the few of the posts went viral and sort of yeah going up on all that and it's like you know a load of messages just kind of saying like um this is really insightful this is really helpful um a lot of messages saying like because of your because of your hints and tips and, and all that on linkedin i've gotten an interview that's amazing 
promotion. I've got that's a, amazing. Oh yeah, exactly. The proof is in the pudding in that sense. Yeah. One thing to be like, I know all this stuff will be helpful. Yeah. Um, and another. But it's actually working. <laughs> like I want it will be, but there's like yeah. a little bit where it's like you know I really hope like people use it and actually it works. Otherwise, mm. what what's the point, right? So. Hundred um, So yeah, I guess that's. Uh, and that's been a really cool thing of my of my journey. That's kind of a big focus of, of what I'm doing now, where I'm at. And yeah, it's been really cool. So I think one of the things that I really enjoy about your post, right, is that for me, it feels like, and this is no disrespect to any other recruiter, right? It feels a bit like you're a bit of a recruiter with a heart, right? Yeah. Because I can feel you coming through and saying, look, this is what will be helpful, right? And what I've really admired is that you've gone through some quite controversial-ish topics, right? I'm like, oh, I, I'm like looking at the comments, like, what are people going to say in the comments, <laughs> right? But you've you've got this really nice way of engaging with that and doing a bit tongue in cheek. Like for me, there's a lot of emotional intelligence in terms of how you do your posts. So one of the things I wanted to understand from you is, what does emotional intelligence mean to you? And how do you try and weave that into what you do? God, that's a good question. I absolutely love that question. Um, so, yeah, I suppose a lot of what I try to do with the post is is meet people where they're at rather than saying mm. you are, like, basically kind of saying, like, you're wrong or, like, mm. you are, you know, not in a maybe direct way, but an indirect, like, almost like you should be ashamed of, like, yes way you're doing things like shaming people into changing or doing things differently is never going to work it might yeah. work on a one-off basis if you just mm. greet someone's face and then they <laughs> different but they're like it's, it's, it's not it's, it's not sustainable no it's not sustainable at all um so i really really try my best to meet people where they're at and i always have in mind like when i'm doing a post i'm like it, it basically they're pretty much all based on real conversations i've had with right. dates or friends or my girlfriend, you know, mm. it's any it's any of those things where I'm like, how did this conversation actually go? Rather than like, how did I how do I think it should have gone? You yes, yeah. My ideal situation is someone comes to you for help and you tell them exactly what to do, and then they <laughs> do they do it? Yeah, happily. Yeah, but it's like realistically, like that's not that's not always going to happen, and sometimes you have to. You know, when people are venting, it isn't about, and you know this as well, it's not about, mm. well, let me solve your problem. It's like, let me understand where you're at. Let me, I, right. I'm going to say, I hear you, right, I get it. Um, I'm going to say, right, so just just so I understand, this is what you're saying. So I, tr I try to come at the post from that angle of, like, mm. basically empathy. Um, mm. Of, mm. And that, that's really kind of what emotional intelligence means is to me is, having empathy for somebody is actually genuinely pulling yourself in their shoes. Mm. What, not, not what I, obviously it's always going to be like subjective to a point, but not what I think like they should think, but like, yes. what are they in their shoes? Yeah. Regardless of whether I agree or not as a recruiter or, or right. just a human being, regardless of whether I agree or not, how do I, what are they really thinking about this situation? Which is why, for example, I will say in some of my posts, you know, I think I've alluded to the fact before, like the hiring process isn't perfect or interviewers have unconscious bias. You sort of talk about potentially controversial topics mm. and it's like, mm. we know they might be thinking about that, but that sucks or I hate that. And it's like, mm. yeah, I get it. Like, I'm not telling you you're wrong. No. I am, is it, you know, is it the wisest point of view in the world? Maybe, maybe not. You know, that's like, <laughs> 
we can talk about but it's like it's about like meeting people where they're at mm. and then basically kind of saying i get where you're at so they're sort of bought in already right like when they've mm. kind of read the post they're sort of bought in and then it's like mm. and in my expertise in my view, I've spoken to a million candidates, loads of hiring managers, I've seen a million CVs, whatever. This is like what I think would be helpful. And hmm. really trying to be genuine in that. It's not hopefully, because I don't even really like talk about Activision that much. It's not like, oh, hmm. I mean, isn't Activision so great? It's, no. Like, it's just self-serving. Like, why would I, like, it's like, you know, what's the, like, and, and I think then you lose credibility. So because you're not trying to sell anything this is what i love about your posts is that you're not actually trying to sell anything and that's where i think that sometimes it's even harder because it's like i'm not even trying to sell you anything and you're coming at me real hard like why are you coming at me so hard i'm literally here to try and help like what <laughs> that was it and that was like really the you know i said you know this personal branding thing i did and then it was like i genuinely was like oh my god i can really help and that's it that's mm. that's genuinely all i was trying to do and mm. um you know, obviously, it's cool that people engage with it and comment on yeah. it and, and follow me and think I'm worth following and think I share good insights and all that. But yeah, really, it came from a, a place of simply wanted to help. And yeah, the emotional intelligence point of view, empathy, meeting them where they're at, putting yourself mm. in their shoes, being as objective as possible. You're always going to have some subjectivity mm. and writing based on that rather than just like, you're wrong for thinking that it's, yeah. you, you know, and it's like, mm. um, I just don't think that works. And and I think like we live in a diverse world and diversity is so important that actually you think differently to how I think, you know, and what I like about, you know, if you can do that with emotional intelligence is that you open space for diversity. You're not shutting down other points of views. <clears throat> you can actually be open and you can maybe learn some things from other people and say, oh, okay, I didn't see it that way, but maybe I can incorporate that. So true. And that's such a good point. Like, for example, on one of my posts, you know, it's interesting because the more the more viral a post goes, the more likely you are, first of all, mm. to get someone comment like, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, unfortunately, that just is, that just is what it is. Um, but you're also, you know, there's also a, a good chance that somebody might have an intelligent comment about a slightly different point of view or like, mm. actually, hey, have you considered this? So one of my posts, for example, I, li I think it was a post about like, you know, it was like the best candidates I've ever interviewed have done the following and I kind of yes. did a whole things which um which they did and what and someone on the post said not all of these are accessible to uh neurodiverse no but yeah, yeah i saw that yeah right and i was like oh i was like that's really interesting and i was like at first so so i'll be i'll be as truthful as i can at first i felt defensive i was like mm. hey like you know how <laughs> like i'm <laughs> obviously i'm right like but then you know thankfully i've got to a place where I'm like, I don't always have to, you know, react or listen to that sort of first initial feeling. And I'm like, mm. okay, like you feel like that's fine. You know, in, in five minutes you won't. So let's just be yes. as, let's just try and be objective here. And, and so I went back to the person and I was like, that's really interesting. You know, could you tell me a bit more about that? And then actually mm. it started off a, a really good conversation. Really good <laughs> I was like, please, please let this just be a good one <laughs> and be like you know like start from my you know whatever just offending people left and mm. right but yeah it started a really interesting conversation and then off the back of that i messaged the person kind of privately and i was like hey i just wanted to say like thanks so much for kind of opening my eyes a little mm. you know my perspective because that's the other thing you know about the 
emotional intelligence as, as you've just alluded to like i'm not i don't have all the answers i'm not you know i'm not <laughs> everything or maybe anything you know that I'm, I'm, I'm closer to being right about nothing than i am everything. yeah everything yeah. <laughs> like, that, that that's really the a good a good way to look at it i think and yeah so i think it's again it's about being open to new perspectives even, again even if you like even if you eventually and in this case i was like oh i can incorporate some of that and actually in uh, some more of my posts or some more kind of posts that I've got coming out. I've, I've tried to incorporate more of that while I'm not an expert, but, you know, I've tried to incorporate more of like, how can I be more inclusive to like neurodiversity, yes. for example. Um, so, yeah, I think, and yeah, but then also sometimes you might end up thinking, you know what? I heard their point of view. I get it. You know, I respect it. I just don't agree. Like, yeah. and again, that's and that's perfectly okay. That's perfectly fine. Exactly. Like, if you looked on social media, you'd think it's not okay because everyone's like, it's so like, can be so divisive. Like, there's yeah. no, no conversation. There's no discourse. There's no dialogue. It's just simply mm. like, you're wrong and I'm right. Mm. And it's like, mm. but, but you're saying that as strongly as you feel about this thing. That's how this person feels about this thing. And it's like, even if you can, ju- you don't have to agree, but even if you can just mm. understand at least that, it's like always. So it's not going to work me saying like you should think like this. So if anything, they're just going to dig in more in the first place. And then you know why? Why are you like the moral authority on on mm. where it is right? So mm. yeah, you make a really good point there as well about being just about being open and about potentially you know learning something new. I think I think what you said about understanding their point of view because you can understand something and disagree with it. Like yes. I think it's so important to at least understand because for me it's not just what do you think; it's also why do you think it? Because you might have been through experiences that I've never been through. But in me hearing your experiences, I can understand a totally different perspective. And I think that understanding point that you made is so key. Yeah, I th- yeah, exactly. I think you're exactly right. It's, it is the understanding. And it's like, oftentimes, I think in conversations where we are disagreeing, I don't think enough we say like, okay, so so let me try and understand what you're saying. Is this what you're saying? And they're basically just doing like kind of a summary almost of what they're saying. And then it's like, mm. they say yes or no, or whatever it is. And, you know, I'll, it's good. That's actually a really good kind of, practice in recruitment because you you're listening mm. to candidates all the time and listen to hiring mm. managers all the time and so i'll often go back and say okay cool thanks for that so just to be clear this is what you're saying like in a hiring manager so just to be clear this is what you're looking for in a candidate i'll be like so just to be clear this is kind of what you've got experience mm. in you know that yeah everyone's probably heard the quote like you know you should, like most people listen to reply rather than understand and it's like actually i think 100 percent really gives you that space if you i'm not saying you know not all recruits are, are perfect as as you well know but it, it, mm. it in theory gives you the space to listen to understand somebody rather than to mm. just be kind of oh actually i just want to get my point of view off now you know and then actually as well it makes people feel heard that's a big part yeah heard. being like feeling like you're heard realistically you know i don't think uh it was a set i was just to a podcast recently i think it was um Robert Greene, if you okay. if you've uh, heard of him, so he mm-hmm. wrote Four like, Year Laws of Power. He wrote Mark. Yeah. He was on Stephen Bartlett. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. When I, my girlfriend told me he was on there, I was like, "What?" I was like, <laughs> immediately. Epic <laughs> podcast, oh, epic podcast. I'm so good, and I think one of the things he said was like, "How often, like, do we want to be heard, but maybe aren't quite? We don't mm. really feel. How often do you really feel that?" It's actually not as often as you. It's quite rare now. Yeah, exactly. So that's a really good uh, part of emotional intelligence as well. So you mentioned something earlier. You said now you've gotten to this point, right, about the journey with being able to respond and things like that. 
how did you kind of start on the journey of emotional intelligence like was there an experience that you had that sparked you like okay i need to learn more about this or was it something that you grew up with like how did you how did you start that journey yeah and you ask good questions <laughs> you should host a podcast <laughs> uh, so honestly it was like a really it's been kind of a bit of an all over the place journey for me i think i was okay. i was very interested emotional in, in emotional intelligence from a very young age probably oh, really yeah, probably like my my teenage years, I would say, wow. when it really first, like, I honestly can't even remember exactly. I think it was actually when I was, I studied sports psychology and I found right. the psychology part of it more interested than the yes. part of it. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, never had been introduced to any concepts like this before. I think this is when I was like 16, 17, and mm. that sort of led me down a particular path. And actually really interestingly, it was like, my mum and dad said even when I was like really young like three or four years old I would I would really often and when you're a kid you can get away with it but I would just really yeah. often like sort of just watch people just to like just because really what's like what's going on like what they yeah why are they doing what they're doing like I would just yeah. be so curious about people and and you know you can't do it at this age because people think no they right. think you're weird <laughs> yeah exactly when you're a kid like, oh isn't that really yeah. I I even remember it then, like looking, even like being in shops, like why are people choosing this stick or why are people choosing. Wow. This? Um. So anyway, um. But honestly, like probably a probably a really pivotal moment was like in my um romantic relationships. So they'd okay. always, they'd always been pretty much always been like fairly unhealthy, to be honest with you. Like you know. Okay bordering on bordering on toxic in in some of the cases like it was it was bad <laughs> you don't even know these say that we felt because if you've ever been in one and you'll know exactly what i mean but basically it mm. was it it was got to a point where i kept repeating the same kind of pattern the same kind of okay. and i was aware of that at least that i was repeating the pattern yeah. I, I was like but how do i stop how it? do i get out yeah yeah because that's that's then the next stage and i just you know it was basically i was like, i don't know so at that yeah. point and i get that um therapy is not accessible to everybody hopefully we can hopefully mm. that, change that changes yeah cost to it but um i went to therapy i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna see a therapist um because this is something there was there was and there was maybe other stuff that i wanted to you know get into and talk about okay this is the main thing that i i like i can't again i can't seem to like get out to of Sorry, how old were you when you went to therapy? So, so this was recently. So this was um, okay. Was, yeah, so I was thirty-one when I first went to therapy. So okay. only took me about fifteen years, <laughs> which is uh, which is not bad. But yeah, so and and kind of you know before all of that, just to give a brief bit of context. I'd read all the books, a million yeah. books. You know, there was this book called No More Mister Nice Guy, which was a really really interesting read about. That sounds fascinating. It's so good, honestly, and I, I it, it was good as well because I read the first like two pages and I was like, "Hold, mm. oh, you just described me like that's just wow." But this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a good book. But basically, it's about um, obviously it's a bit of a provocative title, but it's just very provocative. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but it's essentially about like you know going into relationships and sacrificing yourself, not having any boundaries, and it applies mm. to men and women. Like mm. you just mm. it for, um, a, you know an audience of of men, but but. It would help. It would help really anyone who kind of has an issue in relationships where they mm. 
you know, you're a people pleaser, right? That's kind yeah. of now, and you know, you, you don't seem to have any boundaries, and you seem to your personality seems to just subsume into you know the, the other person, and then you're mm. you know, um, you're almost lost, unhappy, lost. Yeah, you're completely lost, and you're unhappy, and mm. it sucks. You end up resenting them and resenting yourself, and mm. uh, but yeah. So I was 31 when I. It was actually when I just got my when I got the job at well, I was a king at the time, but I sort of back yeah. king as a company because, um, yeah, it was finally at a point where I was like, well, I can actually afford first of all, therapist now, so that that helped. Um, and it was obviously like a, you know, even just the decision to go to therapy, I was, you know, I did feel proud of that because nobody was nobody was making me nobody yeah. was just off like, hey, I'm gonna go and do this because I really want to sort this out i really want to figure this out it's causing me a lot of pain and i um i'm not willing to tolerate that anymore mm. you know, I'm, i want to sort it out so so yeah and anyway kind of you know again to the point of like it really helped me like take a step back from like my thoughts and my feelings like mm. those are things that we are aware of you're aware you have thoughts you're aware you have feelings but how mm. we get lost in them so often mm. we get lost in our thoughts and we get mm. You know, every single feeling we have, we like respond to. We, we feel like we have to either like get rid of it, or we feel like we have to like maybe express it outwardly in a very destructive mm. way. You know, and these mm. thoughts kind of come into your head, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like this thing, and then, oh. <laughs> you know, it's all over the place. Yeah, it's just a mess, in <clears throat> mess in there, and it's like it just helped me get distance from that. And I was mm. like, you know what? I can be aware of things, out mm. acting on them, and mm. that base. And it sounds very simple because it is, but it's really hard it's to very do. profound it's very hard to do yeah yeah right it's very hard to do and and yeah so so in terms of the healthy relationship stuff it really made me look at kind of like you know what when they even just like when i'm when i'm speaking with a, a woman who i'm attracted to for example like what thoughts and feelings am i having like really be aware of that really focus on that and a lot of it did come down to people like it was wow. it was really that simple and i was like i'm basically trying to get them to like me Rather than rather than even thinking about, do I like them? Like, do I even want to spend time with them, mm. or is it just that, you know, people pleasing was if if somebody if I got someone to like me, I've won. Like that was my, yeah. you know, thinking at the time. Um, and yeah, therapy helped helped massively with that. You know, and I, I rushed. Wow. You know, it's it's still. Um, like I said, when I felt defensive, so it's like I it, it doesn't mean you're never going to have like a a, a quote unquote negative feeling again or like, mm. like again but now i've just got a distance from it where it's almost like mm. you know um i just don't have to act on it you know, I just don't have to it's as simple as that um and then you're the one that's in control rather than these kind of you know your thoughts and your feelings 100 percent. it's that thing of like how can i how can i positively process this yeah. right because like you're right things are going to happen you're going to be like well that was really crap like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but what do i do about it you know yeah. That made me feel really sad. That made me feel yeah. really angry. Like you're just, you know, you're a human being. You're gonna have, yeah. as you said, how do you positively process those rather than like, you know, just trying to. Oh my god, I don't want to feel that. Let's just like suppress it yeah. now. You know, it's um, suppression doesn't work. You know, it's like it's no. like like holding um, you know, a um, it's like holding a balloon underwater. Like eventually, mm. it's gonna come up. <laughs> you know, you can hold it down there for as long as it, it's gonna come up eventually. So. And mm. probably not in a good way because you have because now it's just out of control and it's going everywhere and we've all done that I'm sure at some point you know you respond and it's like you know there's even that quote around anger I think it was sort of from Eastern philosophy or something but it's like you know um, 
you know, one moment of anger leads to a thousand moments of regret or something like that, you know, and it's, uh, and it's again that thing because, you know, we've, we've all done it and hopefully not yeah. in a destructive a way, but it's like, you just react to something. And then later on, you're like, why did I, that was awful. Like, why did I do that? Like, that was just not, you know, that was just not right or it's not fair. Or I treated yeah. somebody not very well because of it. So it's very, it's very hard to do. It takes a lot of practice, but, um, so worth it. So worth it. Yeah. What, what were some of the techniques that you learned that were particularly helpful for you um, yeah. along your journey? Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, I think journaling really helps, you know, okay. because for me, you know, I can write down, I could write down like my train of thought and I could write down what I was feeling. And again, that sort of helped sort of get it out of my head and just kind of just, just get a distance from it as well. Like almost literally physically a distance from it where you could see it on the, on the paper or on the screen in this case. Mm. So that, that was really, really helpful write about it and, and, and process it. And, uh, it doesn't, you, you start to realize like, oh, these like thoughts and feelings aren't me necessarily. Mm. I'd be like just old patterns or like old yes. patterns or yes. just, you know, from childhood, all the classics that have yes. all the stuff, you know, the childhood stuff is fine. It's, it is, it's, uh, it's, um, it's in there, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, and then I think honestly, like, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd call it, I wouldn't really call it meditation as such, but like, it, and it doesn't even sound like a technique, but it is literally simply like in very low stakes situations, basically just being aware of your thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the weather is like a great way to do it because there's always weather. There's never mm -hmm. not, it's like, yes. sunny, it's rain. <laughs> It's sleep, it's snowing. That might be all in one day in England, by the way. No? Yeah, standard. Um, yeah, exactly. So, but again, doing it, even just doing it on that, like noticing, let's say like you had plans to, you know, go for a picnic on the Saturday. Yes. meant to be really bright and sunny. And like, oh, it sounds amazing. And then you wake up and it's pouring with rain. Like taking that chance to be like, because it's a very low stakes situation ultimately. So right. I'm going to get on the picnic, whatever. Like, you know, we'll do something else. Um, or you can go on the picnic, I guess, and sit in the rain. That's in the rain, yeah. Sit in your car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. But it's like, how? what are my thoughts and feelings about that? Mm. Do I feel angry? Do I feel sad? Are my thoughts like, oh, this is rubbish. Oh, this shouldn't happen to me. Or, oh, this sucks. Mm. Like, oh, mm. what am I going to do now? You know, what the woe is me type thoughts. And it's like, it's in low stakes situations, getting your practicing just noticeable. Right. <laughs> and then being... Like it might be hard to imagine, but you really do get to a point where it just becomes like this, this fascinating little show that's going on. Yes, and you're like, wow, it's wow. <laughs> yeah. Where does that come from? Like, what does that come from? Well, like, yeah, weird thought about this, and I'm like, oh, really, like, kind of bizarre, but but sort of entertaining, honestly, in a way. Yes, and so yeah, I think it's like the journaling does help, but then just simply like the. Uh, meditation does help. I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not like, uh, I don't meditate all the time, but sometimes I do. Um, but just like, you know, just, just the awareness and low stakes situation of like what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And you will start mm. to kind of get distance from it. Mm. If you practice that, mm. and it will be when it's kind of a higher stakes situation, yes. you know, difficult conversation at work or a really difficult conversation at home or like something, you know, I don't know, you, you know, crash your car something like that then it's like now i'm prepared now i've practiced because i didn't wait until the moment right to like 
do it was going to be much more difficult. I practiced in low stakes situation. Now I have. It's like it's like basketball. You know, you practice yeah. when there's no defense or nobody around. You practice yeah. the shot, and when you're in the game, yeah. you know, it's um, you, you've got the muscle memory. It's it's really kind of that simple. So, so if I'm understanding what you're saying, you're saying look for opportunities in everyday life where it doesn't really it doesn't really matter in terms of the final outcome. But there are lots of opportunities like that in everyday life where you can learn to be more self-aware of the thoughts, the patterns that are going through, and then working through those on a consistent basis builds up to that big, heavy moment, and you're not just going off in that moment, right? Is that fair? A hundred percent. That's exactly it. And like, just as a, just as an example, so I've been practicing this for a while, you know, and, and felt in a really good place about it, and then. Uh, I won't go into all the details because it's a really long story, but basically, long story short, when I moved into my flat at the end of last year, I started, get, within five weeks, I, I'd gotten five parking tickets for parking in my own space. In your own floor. My own space, and I was gonna, I owed, at this point, it was like 500 quid or something like that. Bearing in mind, I've just, I've just moved in, it's meant to be this time, you know, I'm meant to be really happy enjoying it. This all comes... And I'm like, my, my initial, I'm like, this is, this is our, like, I just can't, I could be, <laughs> yeah. is this actually after? It was really like, and, you know, the tickets weren't stopping coming. They just kept being more and more. And um, it was a really interesting situation emotionally because I felt a lot of different emotions. I felt mm. very sad at times mm. because I was like, I've just moved in. It's like mm. now happening. I feel, um, yeah, I just feel really sad. It just sucks, and it's just not fun at all. I felt very angry. I felt mm. I was like in, like prosecuted almost. I felt like mm. it was fair, um, and you know, I just felt, and it was just you know, emotions that are sort of, you know, not not as um, fun to kind of deal with or kind of you know take a lot more processing and take a lot more acceptance of like this is how mm. I feel. But because mm. I had practiced that, I was like. This is so interesting. I was like, this is how I'm really feeling about this. It's really strong. Like, like a mm. strong anger, like really, and really like deep, like profound sadness as well. Like yes. Did like build this thing to my thoughts. Like, why, again, why is this happening to me? I'm going to, I'm going to get him. Like, oh, yep. <laughs> and I think it, it could have, it could have really like gotten me down and gotten me like angry to a point where I was like destructive, you know, like being so. Mm maybe horrible to, or just not nice to the people around me. Um, but because I'd done all this work, I was able to deal with this all. Um, and didn't mean I didn't, it doesn't mean like I still talk to my girlfriend about it. I still talk to my yeah. parents about it, my yeah. friends, whatever, but yeah. I was able to deal with it really productively. Um, I was even, you know, even to the point where it's like, they were not rescinding the tickets at first. I had to appeal. They didn't rescind any of them. I had to get, you know, my local MP involved. Um, wow and bbc watchdog in no way yeah yeah so it was because it was like a countrywide yes problem that these people these basically these cowboys wow but i was able to do that and be that productive and yes. once those people get involved they all the tickets were rescinded like immediately. instantly yeah <laughs> i didn't want that smoke at all exactly they yeah <laughs> they don't want it so but yeah i think you know it, it was a situation before in which you would have like completely you know, gotten me down and it would have affected mm. my work life, my life. But like, if you, like, you know, both my girlfriend, my parents said like, they couldn't believe sort of how, how well I was dealing with it. How That's amazing. It. it didn't affect anything at work. They didn't, you know, there was no like performance issues because this whole thing mm. was one of the background. And yeah, it was just simply, I was like, you know what? 
for whatever reason, this this is happening to me. <laughs> like, yeah. it just, it, so yeah. I get people have been through worse things, right? There's a lot worse things than that. But at that time, it was happening to me. It was significant. Um, and because I'd done all the low stakes practice when it came to this, and I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about owing all this money, and they're saying they're going to take me to court, and bailiffs yeah. are going to come around, and all this stuff. Like, I was just able to just, you know, that was just what happened, and I had to deal with it, and it was, and I dealt with it. And I think this is where you're right. There's definitely like in quotes, worse things that can happen to you, but the principle always stays the same, right? Whether it's a tiny thing or like, you know, a massive thing, the principles are always the same. And that way of positively processing is the only way I can describe it. It doesn't mean that you make it sound like everything's okay. No, it means you can absolutely look at it in the face and go, this is horrible what can i do from my point of view to to impact it in a positive way and that's really what it's about so like you know whether it's a tiny thing or a huge thing the principles always scale up they always remain the same you know so it's that that might be your practice for the next thing that might be sucky as well you know so it's, it's yeah exactly it's not about saying oh this is like really cool and i'm really glad no. like you know just don't you know at least and who knows, you might even be able to you might even be able to get to that place eventually with things. But like the initial place you're probably gonna be is the acceptance, as you would yeah. say, of like this sucks. This I wish this wasn't happening to me. I wish But it, it is. <laughs> but it, but is. it is. There. This is the reality you're in. You can't mm. you know if you want to ignore it, good good luck to you. It's gonna that's not that's not gonna It's not gonna work. You. Exactly. It might work for a little bit, but then it's going to really get worse. So yeah, the principles end up exactly right. So my my thing in those situations is, I always try and be as polite as humanly possible because what I don't want is when it then gets all escalated, people are getting the emails and the text messages and the phone calls where I've gone off on people. I'm like, I'm not actually helping myself in that whole situation. Exactly, and that that was honestly. You're exactly right. And that was the other thing I thought. I was like, because I basically said, I was like, I, if needs be, I'm prepared to go to court about this. Because yeah. it's my space. I'm in the right. Yeah. I know what's in the right. I, so be it. If that's what happens, yeah. so be it. So again, I was like, I was always in all the emails. I was like, oh, hey, you know, hope you're well. Like, you know, yeah. looking into this thing. So, you know, again, exactly. You didn't have anything on me. And I was like, I'm not going to. And again, but if you let your emotions and thoughts get the best of you, then that, I mean, an email or a text is arguably the worst. Then the worst. Yeah. someone's gonna say hey look you did it and we're like oh my god like um so yeah again i, I kind of having a big i really is kind of beginning to like have a mastery of yourself right 100 percent of your thoughts and um you know if there's anything worth mastering it's, it's that it's gonna there's yourself. no, there's no you can down. never escape yourself either so yeah. you're always going to be with you so you better master that over yeah. everything yeah. else yeah, you're the only one in there. There's nobody else. Exactly. It's just you. Hold of it. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of this podcast is really about from a, you know, we have all have different definitions of leaders. You know, someone might see like a CEO as a leader, but for us, it's like everybody leads themselves first, you know? So this is really about like everybody can master themselves. Everybody can lead themselves. So it doesn't matter if you don't have direct reports or anything like that. It's like, how are you leading yourself? right because emotional intelligence is like do i understand myself can i actually intelligently manage myself and then everything else flows from that yeah it's it's so true and i think it's it's really difficult to 
be happy, honestly. Yes. Don't have like some. I'm not saying you have to be like you know a Zen master of it. Yeah. And Zen master, like spiritual guru or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Have some level of like mastery over yourself, or at least kind of you know you're working towards it to understand yourself a bit more. Like you said, you're gonna start by leading yourself. Like a lot of us do focus, and I've been very, I've been completely that way in the past. Where it's like I want, you know, I want to be a leader, or like I want yeah. leadership, or I want this or that, and that without ever like thinking about like you know, do do you lead yourself? How well do you lead yourself? What kind of you know, um, what kind of leader are you being to yourself? How do you treat yourself? Like, and, and it's this very kind of tempting thing to look outside to, yes. rather than to look inside and be like, actually, what are, you know, how do I deal with my, my inner self? How do I deal with my emotions, my thoughts? How do I, what kind of habits do I have? What kind of patterns do I have? So yeah, I mm. think you're exactly right. And it's like, I think it was, I think it was Da Vinci, uh, Leonardo Da Vinci, who bearing in mind was like a, I can't remember even the word now, but it's like, you know, a, it's like a polymath or something where he's like really right. number of different things. He was an artist. He was a painter. He was a, he was a thinker. He was a sculptor. I think he designed a helicopter. Like just, you know, just like right. things. And he was the one who said like self-mastery is like the most important mastery, mm. you know, bearing in mind. He he's mastered a lot of things. Genius or like, like seemingly. So even mm. he said that, um, so yeah, I just think I just think it's crucial. If you're gonna start anywhere, start with that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And just to just to talk about what you said about writing it down. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard about that. There's this book by Alison Fallon. Fallon. Um, and we'll put the put the link in the show notes. But it's called The Power of Writing It Down. Oh, cool. And she talks about how if you spend twenty minutes every day for like a week or something like that, it's not even like for the rest of your life. She talks about how there are actually sometimes like physiological benefits to just writing things down for 20 minutes um and she was talking about how they did this study on a group of people i think it was in the u.s who got made redundant from mm. like they'd been in this job for a long time and they took half the people and sat them down and said look write down how you're feeling process it through for a period of time the other half they didn't do any of that and they said that the half who had processed through writing were way more successful in getting jobs because they're not turning up to their job interviews like super angry, like these people screwed me over, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. They've, they've processed it all through. So when they go for job interviews, they're way better. They perform so much better just from writing stuff down for like 20 minutes a day. God. That's incredible, isn't it? Oh my God. It's like, it's one thing for like me to say or someone to be like, oh, you should journal about your yeah. feet, you know, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, have like a, a sort of scientific experiment done where it's like, no, this is actually, as you said, like physiological benefits. And, you know, again, perfect sort of at the moment with people who've been made, their jobs have been made redundant. Now they need to exactly. it can be extremely stressful, extremely disheartening, you know, these rejection emails, people ghosting, mm. unfortunately, it's this really horrible thing. But yeah, that's amazing that there's like a real kind of, I might have to, I might have to check that book out. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good show. I'll send you a link to the book. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really interesting um, study that was done. So yeah, it, it has massive implications because everybody has access to writing stuff down. You know, yes. like, like you said, with therapy, there are some people like you might not be able to afford therapy and, but with writing it down, everybody can write stuff down. You know, that one is a, I need to lead myself to write stuff down and take the time, do my discipline and, and do that. So it makes a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. All that really requires is the willingness. 
exactly you know and it's exactly. like that or not and it's like what excuse would you have especially if you've made you've been made redundant it's like look you might as well try it try you've got time like yeah, exactly. try out yeah so what would you um what would you advise people just as we close on um emotional intelligence especially when it comes to the area of firstly being a recruiter or looking like trying to find people to fill your roles but also in terms of being a candidate yeah that's a great question i'm my lap i'm just gonna cloak my um laptop in because it's about to yeah, be no problem. Um, very uh professional of me i know but yeah in terms <laughs> of um in terms of emotional intelligence i would again it's like you know, from the perspective of a candidate, and I do, I do try to write about this again in a way that kind of meets people where they're at. But mm. you also, as a candidate, have to have to meet the company where they're at, right? The hiring manager, mm. the recruit, the recruits where they're at. And what that means is, you know, I have so I like read a cover letter, for example, the other day where it was like this will be. It was like they were talking about this will be a great opportunity for me to use. So, you know, to develop my skills in X, Y, Z, and all, like, cool. <laughs> like, it pro and it probably would be. Like, yeah. you know, why would somebody hire you on the back? Like, so what? Like, yeah. I'm, being, I'm being deliberately kind of a bit harsh there. And it's like, because it's like, you've got to understand that someone, you know, it's a, uh, that the hiring manager needs someone to do a specific yeah. job. And I'm hiring you to bring value. That's what I'm hiring, hiring you. For. For your value and i'm paying yeah. you for that value i'm paying you for your skills what you can bring to the role so yes mm. it probably would be a great opportunity for you why would it be a great opportunity for the company to hire you what is it mm. that you can bring to the company to the role when i see you know when i get a lot of people reach out to me on on linkedin like you know sending me sending me messages sending me all sorts of stuff and and uh you know a, a sort of surprising amount or maybe not surprising but a surprising amount are you know very themselves focused yes again i'm if i'm meeting people where they're at i get it first of all they haven't been trained in terms exactly. of whatever how to kind of reach out to people and, exactly. still, and, that, and that again in itself is a skill um but it's also like you know and and probably like some of them are desperate right so they're just like i'm just going to send message anyone who connects i'm going to send a message i'm just going to say hey this i need a job blah, blah, blah. so yeah, so yeah. I do get that. um the reason it won't be effective is because you're you're kind of making it all about you rather than like what can i how can i help this recruiter fill his role how can i help this hiring manager fill her role how can i help the company mm. how can i bring value to the company in this exactly. way they're asking for these things i have you don't have to have all the things that's fine don't worry about it but i have i have a lot of these things and i know i could do this role so your cv your application any of your outreach messages they've got to show that they've got to demonstrate mm. that so again you as a candidate use your emotional intelligence to have empathy for uh for a recruiter i know i'm asking a lot but have empathy for <laughs> uh, the hiring manager for company for the recruiter yeah. and apply in that way so again it's like putting yourself really in their shoes what is a recruiter going to be looking for what is a hiring manager going to be looking for which you know is one is one reason why this this is kind of very detailed but like i advise people even just do like a summary at the top of your cv because oftentimes again like it or not, oftentimes they might only just read that. And I, as yeah. a candidate, want them to want the recruiter to just read that and be yeah. like, and even if they read nothing else, be like, yeah, you're yeah, probably good for it. <laughs> you yeah. know, make like, it as easy as possible for them. Yeah, like you, like you know, it's it's 
it is really that simple. And I get that people be like, oh, but, you know, and it just might be a shift in mindset for some people, I suppose, is, is really about it. It's like a shift from like, I, I want a job to how can I show this company that this is the, you know, that the, I'm the right person for this job. I would say that's kind of a, the mindset. What do you think are the blockers to shifting that mindset? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, again, sort of as we've touched upon, like if you are, if you're kind of in a bit of like survival mode and a bit of desperation and kind of really feeling disheartened about the job search, it's like, it's very easy mm -hmm. to act on those emotions rather than kind of a bit more like putting yourself into someone else's shoes and thinking about what they want. So again, I think a blocker is like not, not, not the fact they don't have emotional intelligence or, or awareness, but it's sort of probably people letting their emotions get the best of them a little bit, which, which we all do a lot of the times. Um, mm. I think sometimes as well, there's like a, you know, in, in some people it will be, well, you know, it, it, I think it will just simply be the fact that they're like they're very willing to do that, but they just don't have the skills. They haven't been trained how to like properly reach out to people and like because people always talk about networking, right? And it's like, but how? Like, what, what does I, that mean? Do I do? <laughs> like, how do I do that? Someone, hey, like, how's it going? And it's like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, that it's really difficult. And I've actually got some posts coming out about that in terms That's of like, how to how to reach out to people because. You know, at the moment, like cold applying to roles is is going to be very difficult, unfortunately. It's so like, it's really tough. Like how to reach out to people, how to get people to refer you, how to get the intention of hiring managers, recruiters, people like me, whatever. So, yeah, I think I think those are, yeah, probably those are the that you know, either the kind of the they're getting a lot, they're getting caught up in their in their emotions, which again is totally understandable, and also just they haven't been trained or coached to to do it properly. I think. I think those posts will be really, really useful for people. So I will put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes so that people can follow you. They can keep track of your posts and the posts are really, really helpful from both sides of things. So thank you so much um, for your time and sharing your thoughts. It's been really good, really fascinating, really good to hear your journey. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks my man. It was really, uh, yeah, really good to chat. I really enjoyed this. Let's uh, let's do it again when you're... Um... When you're famous, I'll still stand <laughs> I think you're the one that's closer to famous than me, Ray. So, uh, <laughs> well, we're we'll both there. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do yeah. yeah, we'll do a, a heavy hitters podcast yeah. when, we're, when we're both there. Um, but honestly, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode.